Hey guys, Owen here. And Michelle too. Oh good, you can help me with a disclaimer. Oh yeah, we weren't going to say that we aren't experts in any of the subjects we cover. We are just fans, having fun, being nerdy, you know. Exactly, and also that there's always the potential for spoilers and coarse language. Sorry. Our listeners should keep that in mind. Thanks so much for listening and we, we hope, hope you, you enjoy. enjoy. Oh man, what was that? I knew we shouldn't have come down here after what Darkvale said about the ocean. Well, it was this or Zach Bagan's haunted museum, and you said a big hell no to that. Yeah, well, you know how I feel about haunted places, and after what John and Tori revealed about that place, there's no way I'm going there. Oh man, what's that? Babe, get up. Your alarm's gone off twice already. I had the weirdest dream. Oh, really? I can't wait to hear about it. After we've listened to Dark Vale. Uh, yeah, I guess it's time to chill and podcast. Excuse me? I know you don't want to be sleeping on the couch tonight. I know you meant podcast and, and chill. chill. <sighs> Welcome to another episode of Little Nerdy. I'm your host, Michelle. And I'm her co-host, Owen. Excellent. And today's subject is going to be on King Henry VIII. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. But before we get to that, I just wanted to give a shout out and let you guys know that our original music was composed by Black White Check and that her info will be in our show notes. Thanks so much. So, okay, to start it off, um, obviously you have quite the fondness and appreciation of monarch systems and yeah. the history of that subject, so that makes you, or today, you are the big nerd. Yes. Now, although I am a little ashamed about this because we are talking about the British monarchy and I have a lot more British heritage than you. I don't have any British heritage as far as I know. I've got Scottish heritage. Yeah, and... Uh, well, I mean, it gets very um, touchy on the subject of British, Irish, or English, Scottish, and Irish, uh, and their differences. Yeah. Do trust me. Do not say to an Irishman or Scotsman, "Hey, are you English?" Yeah. They, they will get very heated. <laughs> Some will. Yeah. Others will probably just laugh it off and be like, "Oh, you know, you're a Yankee or you're a Canuck and everything." But yeah, like we had a. Uh, Australian guy come into one of the businesses I worked at one time and one of the people I was working with was like are you British? Uh, and he just chuckled and he's like ah no from Australia mate yeah and I just shook my head but he took it in good stride yeah uh, that, that's not nearly as bad as uh, one occasion I had when I was working at a fast food job and a guy with a Australian accent came up and took the order, or gave me the order, I punched it all in, and this one girl 
uh, she couldn't tell, and she asked me, is, is he gay? Yeah, I had to laugh at that, because it was just like, no, that's an Australian accent, and I'm pretty sure he would have some choice words about that one. Yeah. So, moving on from that little subject, because, like, yeah, obviously, people are very quick to make judgments on just mannerisms. Although, I do think it's funny that if you actually go to Ireland, Scotland, England, or Australia, and say, oh, you got a funny accent, actually, they'll look at you and go, no, mate, you're the one with the accent. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's all a matter of perspective on accents and what's funny and stuff, so. Absolutely. But let's uh, focus on the main subject here of the history of the monarchy. And yeah. Now, I, I can't help but kind of wonder, so King Henry VIII, so was he the eighth, uh, you know, heritage in line? Like, you know, if you'd think John the second, third, fourth, or whatever, that means that every father named their son John after them. No. Okay. So, the British monarchy... There were a lot, like, he was the eighth Henry. Okay. Right, there were seven Henrys before him. But it didn't go in order. It wasn't like Henry the first, Henry the second, and so on and so forth. It actually went something like, I'm just going to use this as an example, but like, Henry the third, his son was Edward the second, whose son was Edward the third, whose son was Richard the second, right, whose son was Henry the fourth. So just kind of like that, like... You had a lot of Henrys, a lot of Edwards, a few Richards, but they weren't all like. So they were. It was the names weren't exact. Like you were not. They weren't given their their fathers' names. Not always. So with this, if I'm understanding you correctly, is that like, so? If um, Henry the Third had Edward the Second, that means there was an Edward before, but he is the second Edward to be born in that family line, uh, lineage. Not exactly. There was a lot of different, like, for, yeah, there was a lot of different, like, lineages because there were so many takeovers of the throne. Yeah. At that time. But, like, so the first Henry to ever reign was Henry the First. Mm -hmm. Right. Let's As not worry is. about their, like, lineages or their family names, right? Like, just Henry the First. Okay. And then there were a bunch of other people in between or some people in between okay right but the next henry in line was called henry the second yeah just the next king with the name henry was henry the second okay and so then, there could have been like anywhere from like two to seven kings before him yeah but he was the second king that was named henry yes okay yeah so henry the eighth was the eighth person with the name henry to take the throne Okay, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because I've heard a lot of people, like, you know, they name their kids Junior or whatever, and that kind of sparked the whole, okay, so if, like, this person's Junior, so it's like they're the second child with that name in the family. And generally that's more of, like, a uh, father-son kind of thing, calling their kid, like, Sean the second or third or whatever kind of thing. Yeah. That's usually how most people perceive it. But in the monarchy, they... they freely chose maybe different names, but sometimes they would carry that name onwards. But to distinguish between an old Henry and the new Henry, they'd go second, third, fourth. Yeah, right. Otherwise, history would be so muddled because you'd be like, yeah, so King Henry did this. And it's like, well, which King Henry? Well, Richard's son. Well, which Richard? It yeah. would just get really confusing, right? Without a numerical system. <laughs> yeah. <for that. laughs> 
<laughs> that makes sense. Okay, so even though they weren't exact, like their fathers weren't named that, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, and like a good example of it too is there's Queen Elizabeth the first. Yep. Which was actually one of King Henry the Eighth's daughters. Really. Yes, and you don't see another Elizabeth, the like Queen, like. Yeah, there might have been a, like some Elizabeths who were born after, but they didn't take the throne. Or, th well, they could have married in, right? Because we've only, they've only had to, I said we, because we are a commonwealth of yeah. them. But um, there has only been, like, I think a total of three women who were ever, like, born, and I use that with quotes, because one of them wasn't really born. She just tried to kind of take the throne. But there has been, for sure, two women who were born in the lineage that actually became queens. And that was Elizabeth I. Actually, that's not true. Because there was Victoria. So there's yeah. been a few. But the real... two that were like named the same were Elizabeth I and Elizabeth II. And they are centuries apart. So it was kind of like a Game of Thrones type thing, maybe a little less beheadings and stuff, and oh, well, no, the story, no mythical creatures. The person we're talking about today, there was maybe no mythical creatures, although a lot of people did believe in Merlin at the time that we're talking about. Yeah. But there were some beheadings, and a lot of executions, and a lot of bloodshed. Yeah, you know, they, don't, they didn't call it the Dark Ages and stuff like that for no reason. Yeah. They didn't call it that because there was a lack of candlelight. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I, I feel like that's a very important thing to start off with, because now that we know that it wasn't like he was a descendant of seven other he uh, Henrys before him, now, it's important to kind of know, when did King Henry VIII rule over England? Right. So, King Henry VIII ruled over England from 1509 to 1547. Wow, that's a long time ago. It, it was a long time ago, and it was actually quite a long reign for a king. Uh, so that would have been, what, f um, 38 years? 38 years. Actually, thinking about it, yeah, because they didn't have, like, healthcare systems like they do nowadays. And I can imagine it wasn't like he was born, boom, put a baby on the throne and give him a crown that, you know, falls off him and sits on his shoulders. No. <laughs> that would be uh, a little absurd. Right. No, definitely. So, okay, so if he ruled from uh, 1509, if I'm not mistaken, so how old was he then, do you know? Yeah, he was, uh, he was 17 years old when he became king. Oh, okay. So, I mean, probably back in those days, though, that was like a full-grown man at the time. Yeah, I mean, his older brother was in line to be the king, not him. Oh. Originally, but he died, and he was married. At the time that he died, his older brother. So, when his brother died, his father was like, Oh shit, this is my last son. Guess what? <laughs> he only gets a small select few people around him until he becomes king because otherwise the succession is going to go to somebody who isn't... Born of the royal blood. That are not two doors. Yeah. Right, so... So there must have been a little bit of anxiety until, like, he took the throne and was, like, you know, fully able to take care of himself and had trusted advisors and people in the court and whatever. Yeah, and so, like, when he took... When he took over the reign of England in 1509, 
it's because his father died. And on his father's deathbed, he asked Henry to marry his brother's widow. Okay, so she wasn't just casted aside, you know, as soon as, like, that guy died. It was more of, like, okay, well, you know, she passed all these, like, tests or trials or whatever stipulations they might have had about, you know, family bloodlines or I don't know what the situation might have been. I mean, like, yeah, she's a good girl. You know, well, she's smart. She's... Yeah, like, she was a child of royalty herself. She was the daughter of Isabella Castile, okay. I believe. Uh, I believe I might be wrong on that, but she definitely had very important parents and she was very loved by like the Spanish people and stuff, Catherine of Aragon. So Henry did what his father said, right? But honored his last wishes. He had to get approval from the church first. Really? The church had that kind of influence? Well, oh yeah, the church had massive influence back then. Um, so obviously... At that time, England was Roman Catholic. Yep. And he had to go to the church and get permission to marry Catherine because you're not supposed to marry your brother's widow. It's kind of back then was considered almost like incest. Oh. Right? Because she laid with his brother, but she didn't lay with his brother. They never actually consummated their marriage. This is what she said anyway. Yeah. So, when Henry went to the church... The Pope agreed to, like, allow their marriage, right? Because she had never consummated her marriage with, Ar- Ar- uh, I believe his brother's name was Arthur? Oh, like King Arthur, almost. <laughs> yeah. Would have been a great uh, family name there. Yeah. But, so she never um, did the deed with him. Right, and stuff. So, um, even though she was a few years older than him, um, Henry married her, but, like... It was kind of frowned upon by the people, by his people. Like, they were like, we like her, but she was married to your brother, dude. Mm. Right. So, okay, so let me see if I got this straight. So, brother dies when Henry was pretty young. So, that would mean that she's also a fair... I'm guessing she's probably a little bit or probably close to his age. Nope, she's actually older than him by quite a bit. Oh, really? How older? How much older was she? So, I don't know her exact age. Yeah. Um, but I do know that around the time that he was trying to divorce her, oh. she was in her 40s, and he was in, like, he was like 34, 35. Okay, so she was about, like, five-ish years older than him? Maybe even 10. Oh, 10? Like, let's say between five and 10 years older than him. Because... Okay. I know that it was like, um, like around 1520 is when he was like getting pissed off that she hadn't had a boy. She, she'd had a child with him. Yeah. Mary. Okay. Which I hope to do an episode on about Mary, um, because she's a very interesting, horrible queen. She's known in history as Bloody Mary. Oh, is she the, where that, well, I guess we'll cover it in another story, but maybe she might have been the origin of that old ghost story of Bloody Mary. Perhaps. So, that would be an interesting one to do. Yeah, but it was around 1520. So they had been married for like 19, no, 11 years at this point. 
Okay. Right? And she, in that 11 years, had become pregnant many times, but had miscarried. Oh. And so, by 1520, when she was 40, he starts thinking to himself... She's um, not giving me a son. Actually, I can't figure out how much older she is than him, because I know he was born in 1492, and if she was 40 in 1520, then she would have been born... 12 years before him. Yeah, so she's 12 years older than him. Okay. And stuff. So... He was must have been, like, what, around his mid-20s then, when she was turning 40? Like, no. He must have been, like, 28 when she turned 40 then. Yeah, I guess. Right. Yeah. Because it was in the mid-1520s. Yeah, and I know. I got the whole Sherlock Holmes number thing going on in my head, <laughs> figuring out, okay, if she's 40, minus 12, blah, 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 carry the 7, all these numbers. Okay, yeah, he was 28. Yeah. So, in 1520, he starts thinking to himself, we're being punished by God. I never should have married her. Like, the Pope was wrong. Oh. This wasn't a, like, clean marriage, and it said... Straight up in, like, the book of Leviticus, or something, that if a marriage like this happened, where you marry your brother's widow, you'll be, like, punished with childlessness. Now, they weren't childless, but Mary was not considered a child, so to speak. Yeah, An important child. She was a child, but she was not an important child. She could not bring on the succession of the throne... Yeah, it it goes to show, like, way back then, gender were definitely a heavy role in your your status in society. Yeah. Because even though she might have been, like, healthy and, you know, probably could have lived a very long life and everything, because she was a girl, obviously not as important and probably rather kind of looked upon she unfavorably. Was looked, what she was looked upon was a pawn to make the British... Monarchy stronger, because he could marry her off yep. to another country and help solidify good relations. Good relations with them, yeah, hmm. and stuff. So, by the mid fifteen twenties, that's gonna give you some kind of resentment when you think like, you know, my or my dad only views me as like a pawn to like a commodity essentially. Yeah, like, yeah. You're not a person. You're an object at most. Yeah, and stuff. It's horrible. Um. So, sorry, in the mid-1520s, when he's like 35, 34, 35, right, he's really worried about the succession of the throne. All his advisors are coming to him saying, like, what are you going to do? What if you die young? You keep going out, like, on these trips to France, like, invading them and whatnot and stuff, but you're not, like, what if you die? What if, you know, you get sick? Yeah, what if you take an arrow to the knee or something? <laughs> yeah, and he already, I think by this time, he already had had a few injuries. Yeah. Um, including a jousting one, where he actually got a bunch of wood in his unprotected face. Oh. And, like, it was really bad back then, right? Yeah, because you got to think, like, back then they didn't have, like, any kind of, like, um, creams or ointments or anything like that. Oh, or no, any they did. But, Nothing I mean... Nothing's available now. You, well, that's the thing. There were creams and stuff back then. Could have had who knows what in it. It could have had, um, like, uh... Some kind of point. poison. Yeah. Like, not meaning to be poison, but I know this is... I mean, I hope to do an episode on Elizabeth I as well. 
But just as an example, the makeup, she used to cover her face in complete white makeup. Wasn't that filled with lead? Yes. I remember hearing about that. So, that's the problem. These creams that they're putting on these injuries, right? Might have done more harm than good. Exactly, right? I mean, it was a time where they thought, and it's not completely wrong to do it, but any ailment, or a lot of ailments that, the, you know, the, the royalty would have, they would stick leeches on them, right? Yeah, that's... And they would cut, like, cut them and let the blood spill out. I think it's called bloodletting. Yeah. And stuff. And then... Which, to, if I remember correctly, the whole bloodletting thing was to cool the body temperature if you were getting too hot. It was... Yeah. If you had a fever, a lot of times they would bloodlet you, but they would also do that to try and cleanse your blood. Which makes no sense with today's modern medicine, but back then that was a practic an actual practical application. Well, as someone who donates blood, I can tell you that when they take blood... Yeah. They... The blood that comes back is actually a like a cleaner blood, so to speak. Yeah, but it goes through a filter, right? Yeah, our blood filters its yeah. self, right? Like, I mean, you can still get infections and stuff, but yeah. So anyway, um, he had also by this time met a woman. Ooh, scandalous. Yeah. <laughs> by the name of Anne Boleyn. Now, Anne Boleyn... Anne Boleyn? Like, oh, not just the full name, Anne Boleyn. No, Anne, last name Bullen. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Anne was a beautiful woman. But she was also careful. So he had met her, but she never agreed to be his mistress, ever. So she had some respect for herself. Good honor. Yeah, and stuff, right? But Henry really, really wanted her. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he was thinking with the downstairs brain. Yeah. Trying to keep this PG and everything. Or yeah. at least PG-13. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I was using a lot of the words I'm thinking of using, I think we'd have to put a very, uh, more of a heavy uh, disclaimer on here about strong language. Yeah. Um, so, he, yeah, he decides he's going to divorce Catherine. Uh-oh. But that's not allowed in the Roman Catholic Church. Well, divorces could be granted, but they had to, like, they were special circumstance divorces. It wasn't like today where it's like, I don't like you, and you don't like me, and we've fallen out of love now, so let's get a divorce. Like, it was like, you hate each other? Yeah, too bad. God says you have to be together. Right. You had to have a special circumstance. And so he goes to the Pope. Yeah. And he says, oh, well, I, uh, this marriage was not valid because she was my brother's widow. And the Pope's like, no, but it was valid, right? So, you consummated the marriage and everything. You had it as a, a child. Yeah, and she didn't, you know. So this went on for years. Oh, so this wasn't just like a snap decision, like... No. And all the Catholic countries are against England. Yeah, usually how it went back in those days. Yeah, they're supporting the Pope. They're supporting, more importantly, Catherine. Yep. Right. So he goes looking and he finds this rebellious monk named Martin Luther, right? Who's like, a, I believe he was a Protestant monk. I don't know what religion, but he was like in the pro Protestant. I just learned uh, recently that the term Protestant is anything that isn't Catholic. Mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> that isn't Catholic. So he could have been Anglican or whatever. But King Henry ends up finding out that even Martin Luther is supporting 
Catherine and the Catholic Church. Right. This guy's just like up a creek on all by himself. Yeah. So Anne realizing that, hey, like, I'm gonna be hooped. I don't wanna just be the king's mistress. I wanna be the queen. Yeah. I'm gonna be his mistress. Oh. So in fifteen thirty two she finally becomes his mistress. So she's kinda using this as a way to like help manipulate the situation like oh well maybe if i open up my legs to him doors will open to me that's a nice way of putting it yeah it, it definitely has a very like 1950s 1960s hollywood feel like i know a lot of women back in those days it was if they use their feminine wiles and you know uh sleep around a little bit you know opportunities might come around she was just kind of more of an originator of that. Yeah, I think... Not to say that every woman did back in those days. No, just, and it can happen in any any time, I mean, obviously. And it even happens nowadays, which is really sad that, you know, people have to resort to such things. Yeah. But obviously back in those days, like we were saying about uh, the daughter of King the Henry was... What was her name again? Which daughter? Uh, the one that... Oh, Mary, right. Okay, uh, the, his first daughter, Mary. Yeah, his first daughter, like... A lot of those women are just kind of treated as objects, so, you know, I guess she kind of viewed it as if I'm nothing more than an object, if I can manipulate the situation, I can become queen. Well, she was a peasant, too. So, oh. well, she wasn't, like, fully a peasant. She did have some, like, like higher stand standings. Like, I think one of her uncles was a lord, perhaps, or something, but... Nothing that would, like, grant her any, like, huge, like, lifelong <laughs> It's not a queen. Not a queen. It's not a queen. So... She becomes his mistress in 1532 and very quickly gets pregnant. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's just one and done. Sometimes it requires a few swings at home plate. Yeah. So, when Henry finds out she's pregnant, he declares the marriage dissolved between him and Catherine. It is dissolved. And he secretly marries Anne. But isn't that, like, the church hasn't given him the okay for the divorce yet, have they? Oh, that's okay. He's going to create his own church. Oh, he created his own religion. Well, he broke off from the Roman Catholic Church, right, and created, I guess, what would be known as a Protestant religion, which I believe falls under Anglican, um, and he became the head of the Church of England. Oh, okay. So he marries Anne, yep. secretly, but then he has this huge public coronation. And the people are pissed, because they loved Catherine. Yeah. Right? Even though they were hesitant about their marriage in the beginning. Yep. When Henry would go away, Catherine would be left in charge, things always went well. She loved the people, she would go out and, like, give them food and money and things like that. Like, she was a queen of the people, right? Yeah. And... Now, she's been replaced by this harlot, uh, harlot, harlotin. Yeah. Right. The and, little tramp or whatever kind of thing that some you might negatively view her. Right. So, this Queen uh, Anne... Yes. Sounds like she was the, uh, like, almost like the originator of, like, how Princess Diana was. You know, somebody that was oh, very... Oh, Queen Catherine, you mean. Or Catherine, yes. Yeah. Catherine was very beloved by the people, although certain people didn't like her that were in the royal family. Kind of, yeah. So, 
Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, it was kind of like that. It, it was Henry that didn't like her. <laughs> like, Henry... Yeah, And well, it's not that he didn't necessarily like her. It's just that she couldn't produce a male heir. So it was time to out with the old, in with the new. Except for... Anne has a daughter. Uh-oh. And that's Elizabeth. Oh. Right? So when Henry divorces, or declares his marriage dissolved... He cuts Catherine off. He cuts Mary off. He makes her an illegitimate daughter. So she's no longer Princess Mary. She is just Mary. Okay. And Catherine ends up dying in squalor. And by squalor, you mean like she lived in like the poorhouses? Like um, it wasn't struggling? that bad, but it was not... It was not something that, like, especially Mary felt deserving of what she should have been given or treated, right? And she had eventually gotten sick and she died, right? Yeah. But, um, getting back to Anne. Okay. So Anne has Elizabeth. Yep. And then she's not, she's having pregnancies, but she's having miscarriages again. Like, and so Henry's getting fed up, right? And he... So, sounds a little egotistical to be fed up with all that. Well, in, let's see. So when he was younger, like around the time he was married to like Catherine and stuff, right in the beginning, yeah, he was known as very jovial, very happy. You know, they actually other uh, other um, countries considered him to be childish, right? Like, hmm. and they were like, "Oh man, this this guy doesn't know how to run a country," and blah blah blah. But his childish, like he was that way, but he was also slightly deceiving. Because he was making all the decisions, right? But these other countries and he, stuff, he kind of made it look like his advisors were making all the decisions, right? Okay, so he but, played it very well with the whole, hey, everybody, life of the party's here, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, that idiot showed up. And then, you know, behind the scenes where everyone thought it's, mm -hmm. oh, the Jaffa, my royal advisor kind of thing. Yeah. He's the one making all the decisions where he's like, no. You sit your butt down, Jafar. This is what we're going to do, and everyone's going to think it's you, but I'm making the calls. Yeah. But by the time he reaches his 40s... Yeah. When, uh, when he reaches his 40s? Yeah, so he was born in 1492. Uh, right? Yep, so that would be 1532. Uh, yep. So that's around the time Anne got pregnant. Okay. Right. In his 40s, his behavior has become erratic. Oh. He is combative. He actually executes one of his really good friends, a man named Thomas More, because he wouldn't relinquish his beliefs in the Catholic Church and accept the Church of England. Okay. So he's kind of becoming a bit of like the whole abusive boyfriend, but more like that to everyone. Yeah, he's just, he, yeah, he's an abusive ruler. Like, he's just, he, he, small little tiffs, off with their head. So he's, like, full-on, like, embodying what people picture the uh, authoritarian rule of, like, you said something bad about me, how dare you, off with your head. Yeah, like, ab yeah, absolute power. Corrupts absolutely. Exactly, right? And stuff. So... What he decides in, in um, 1536, right, okay. is he's done with Anne. 
Oh. So four years. Yep. Right? At least Catherine got like 20-ish ish years. Yeah. Right? She got four. And he was like, she's been having miscarriages and not giving me an heir. She hasn't produced an heir. I'm going to trump up some charges that she's been cheating on me, adultery. Oh. And I'm going to execute her. And I'm going to execute um, all the men, including her brother, that I'm going to say that she had these adulterous relationships with. Because I can't divorce another woman. Man, what a self-centered... Prick? Yeah. Yeah. So, that's what he does. He executes Anne. Then he makes Elizabeth Ill illegitimate. So that's two kids now, illegitimate. Yeah. <clears throat> and he marries Jane Seymour. Okay, so Jane Seymour. Yes. So she's the third wife now. Yes. And just out of curiosity, how long did that relationship last? Okay, well, so he gets with Jane Seymour in 1536. Okay. She produces a male heir. She does. She does. He absolutely fucking loves her. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. You know, hey, we got a winner. You know, third time's the charm. Yeah. Here's like, my son. To the point that when he died, he was buried next to her. Oh, so Henry was buried next to... Jane Seymour. Okay. Because Jane probably could have survived, right, their relationship and lived out maybe even past him but she died two weeks after giving birth oh yes there were prenatal comp or i think they're called prenatal but there was i don't know or postnatal i guess maybe because it was after she had the baby so yeah. postnatal Postna complications that caused her death really yes well i mean again back to the whole medical understanding and everything so back then it's you know back in like nowadays it's not so bad but a lot of times i know uh, some things can develop where you some know, like, women have to choose between the child or themselves living. Or even between a, a natural birth and a C-section. Yeah. Right? But back in those days, uh, I think it was definitely a very hard roll of the dice. Yeah, there was a lot of... Because you got to think, too, things weren't as clean as they are now. They weren't as sterile. She would have given birth in a... in If not her own bed chamber, a bed chamber in a castle. And we all know how sterile cobblestone walls can be. Yeah. <laughs> Not exactly the most, uh, you know, <coughs> uh, cleanliness of places, no matter how hard you scrub. Right. So, but one thing you need to know, too, is after Henry's son was born, this did not fix his attitude. He, his behavior became worse. Oh, so it went from being bad and he loved her to he became more schizophrenic or whatever um yeah so there was just a lot of um ex like a lot of executions in the 1530s he didn't listen to anyone else he listened to himself um i believe i read somewhere although i don't know if i'm gonna get the inscription right yep um but he had a bracelet he would wear and it was inscribed in french but i believe it said something like only trust yourself or something like that. So he was to the point where he didn't listen to his advisors. If they told him something, he was like, no, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm king. And I'm the head of the church. So just keep tearing down those uh, Roman Catholic monasteries and whatever. And stealing all their shit. And pillaging it for me. And executing all the Romans. 
because screw them. Oh, and that guy that sold that bread, execute him too. Because I said so. Kind of makes you think like, you know, topically right now, especially in this day and age, a lot of monuments towards uh, certain things are being torn down, and especially in the States. Um, but hearing about the tearing down of the Roman Catholic monasteries and stuff, you got to think, like, wouldn't it just be easier to uh, refurbish or repurpose? No. But I guess, you know... He, he wouldn't... Nope. He wanted nothing to do with those, and so he ordered for those to be stripped. And, like, literally, they were taking, like... Because back then they were probably made of gold, right? Candlestick holders, like, all that. And that all was the being... Blame. Yeah, and it was all being added into, like, his church... And his, like, money, wealth, right? Yeah, well, because, like, not going to get into it, but we all know how uh, there's a lot of important symbolism in gold anything. Yeah. Like, if you have something symbolized in gold, it obviously must be very important. Yeah. Heck, even having something symbolized in silver can be very good, but in gold, whew, now we're talking importance. Well, that's why the Chinese used to, if, I don't know, they might still do it, but I know for sure back in the day, if, like, a vase broke, a glass vase. Oh, you're talking about the Japanese tradition. Oh, is it Japanese? Yes, it's, <gasps> I know the one you're talking oh, about. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought it's it was okay. Chinese. Hey, this nerd's got you covered on Thanks. that cultural thing. But, yeah, it's okay, so sorry. I'm so sorry. I apologize deeply. The Japanese tradition um, of, if a vase broke, they would fix it with gold. Because the Instead blemishes of, in it were, like, beautiful. Yeah, it's not to it's not to try to hide your mishaps or the imperfections. It's more to make them pronounce and stand out as it's got character. It's yeah. got, you know, kind of... A story and a life. And, and they used gold, my understanding of it anyway, I should say, is that they used gold because they wanted to enhance it and gold was beautiful itself yeah right? especially with like it and it looks really good like i've seen pictures of it mm -hmm. where some people do it on purpose they'll actually take a bowl made of like black ceramic or something and break it and then refix it with that gold so it's a black and gold and it looks just spectacular mm. yeah it is actually it is actually a tra uh, tradition of not hiding the faults or mistakes but actually celebrating you know this kind of thing yeah and it's just funny, a little side note, um, one thing I did learn from carpentry school is that a good carpenter hides their mistakes. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that there's a, such a cultural difference between, like, Western and Eastern of, like, in carpentry and a lot of that stuff, is that you hide your mistakes and your flaws with, like, you know, you flip the board over or you put, like, some kind of, uh, you know, paint or... Uh, plaster all over it kind of thing like don't let people see your mess ups or whatever it still works it's good you just yeah. have to do something and cover it up no one ever sees it where in eastern culture they embrace it yeah they learn from it it's more of a culture of learning and going hey nobody's perfect but yeah. you're showing how you learned and grew, uh, grew from this right so moving on oh yeah okay Sorry. <laughs> uh no that's okay so yeah so jane died in uh, 1537. So this is the third wife, right? Yes. The one that bear, uh, bared a child, or yep. bared a son. Bared a male child, yes. Yeah. Um, Edward the Fourth is, well, Edward, 
but he will be known as Edward the Fourth. Okay. Um. And Henry declares, "I will never get married again." What am I feeling that there's a big, eh? Yeah. Um. So a few years later. Um. In 1540. So he's going about his tyrannical rule. So 1540, so that would make him almost 50 years old, 48 years old. Yeah. He decides to marry again. Yep. And his advisors, which is like, I guess this is the one time he kind of listens to them, they're like, we have the perfect woman for you. Anne of Cleves. Anna Cleves? Anne. Yeah. Of Cleves. Okay. She's the sister of someone important in Germany. I might be a king or a prince. Okay, so he went from some, um, like, it sounds like he's been married around the whole part of Europe. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and I'm sure somehow she was related to him. But that's <laughs> in a whole other thing. Um, yeah, the monarchy systems in there can get quite uh, crisscrossy and make your eyes kind of go, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> um, but, uh, so he, they, they say, you need to marry her, and he says, well, I haven't even met her. I'm not marrying someone I've not met, and they're like, oh, but we have pictures of her. Well, not pictures, portraits. we have portraits of her. Yeah. Right. So they show him these portraits, and she looks beautiful in these portraits. You know, as most uh, painters would probably want the person that they're portraying to look elegant and sophisticated. Right. And then she, so he says, fine, bring her over. Yeah. So she comes and he meets her and he is very upset. Oh, how come? Because he's an asshole. No, so <laughs> surprise, surprise at this point. <laughs> she is not ugly by any means, but she has a bit of weight on her and she's not as pretty as the portraits made her to be. No. So he says... So she used a different Snapchat filter to make her look more elegant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotta or, love those 1540 Snapchat uh, filters. <laughs> yeah. For anyone who uh, is under the age of, what, like uh, 15, Snapchat didn't exist way back then. <laughs> yeah. And when we talk about, you know, saying to someone to go to Germany, tell her to come here... That must have taken a long time because they had to go across the canal uh, all the way up to Germany on foot or horseback and then tell her to come all the way back on carriage and then back. So this probably took a while for her to get there. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but he's pissed. He marries her, but he's pissed about it. And so then comes the time to consummate their marriage. And after six months, he's like, I can't do it. She's too ugly. <laughs> Right. So he annuls the marriage because they never consummated it. So it's not technically a divorce. It's more of an annulment. But they 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 leave on good terms, right? Like she's they call each other brother and sister going forward because they do care for each other, but just not in that way. Henry's too much of a fucking dick for her to <laughs> to probably even like him. Just, romantically. Just personally speaking, I feel like she might have dodged a bullet or in those times she dodged an arrow. Oh, she dodged a beheading, is oh. what she dodged. Because you never know with Henry what he's going to do. Yeah. So, she lives, like, her life. I think she ended up staying in England, or at least she would come and visit. And he, she did work on trying to get Henry to kind of reconcile with 
marrying Elizabeth a bit. Oh, okay. Right. Um, she was probably like, dude, listen, I know things didn't go swimmingly with her, but come on, get your head out of your own butt. Yeah, like, she's just like, those are your children, you know, and same with Jane. Jane did the same thing, too. So by this time, he doesn't have, like, a horrible relationship, but, like, Mary hates him. So basically, because another thing that he did is when Elizabeth was a little girl. Yeah. He brought Mary on to be one of her ladies-in-waiting. Okay, sorry. Now, when you say ladies-in-waiting... She was someone who basically took care of Mary... Uh, sorry, took care of Elizabeth and stuff like that. But she wasn't... Like, she's sitting here going... And she loved her sister, at least when she was little. Yeah. But on the same token, she's like, this should be me. I'm a princess. I am his first daughter. Right? Instead, I'm left to take care of you and stuff like that. Like, this is stupid. Right? She's kind of feeling like uh, she's being treated as, as we said before, like an object. And that because, I guess, version, wife version 2.0, 3.0, whatever, came along, uh, she's being more, like, unappreciated as uh, being his legitimate child. Right. So... That's got to be just absolutely uh, gut-wrenching to kind of think, like... Could you imagine one of your parents just, just like, treating another sibling or uh, half-brother, sister, more importantly or with more fondness than you? Yeah, that's like, terrible. Like... Not saying, like, you know, obviously you should do anything bad, but it's just like... No, but, like, I know, for example, in our family, like, my dad treated me and my brother equally. You yeah. Know? And same with, like, our step-siblings. Like, they, we were all treated equally. There were the same expectations put on us. But right. also the same, like, love and respect. Oh, absolutely. Right? And stuff, uh, for sure. So, uh, okay. So, then, in 1540, so the same year that he married and annulled his marriage from Anne. Yeah, the fourth wife, right? The fourth wife. Yep. He marries a lady named Catherine Howard. Now... I say lady, but I should say probably child. Really? Why child? Because she was probably in her teens when he married her. Okay, so that's not creepy at all to think of uh, a 40-something-year-old man. Yeah, he was 49 when he married her, and yeah. she was probably still a teen. So I'm going to optimistically hopefully say that she was 19, but I doubt it. No, she was probably like 15, 16. Oh. Um, I'm not 100% sure on her age, but she was definitely in her teens. Um, I could almost picture, like, the scene of, like, um, Mary or Elizabeth being like, uh, Dad, she's, like, the same, she's younger than us. WTF. Yeah, but back then, I don't know, um, age, I mean, women married at that age because lives didn't last that long, right? True, that's very true. But like, it is just... creepy. I do agree with you, it is definitely, like, creeper level, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely an age gap gets less severe. Uh, like, you know, it's like... It'd if be someone... different if he was, like, 80 and she was, like, 40? Yeah. Or or 50? Yeah. But, like... When he's almost 50 and, and she's, she's in her, her teens? That is a, too huge of a gap at too young of an age for her. Well, and especially because nowadays it would probably almost, most definitely be considered illegal, right? Yeah, isn't there a term for that? Like, statutory rape or something? Yeah. Yeah. So... He, but he marries her. Their relationship lasts two years. 
Okay, so that's a upswing from the previous wife. Yes. And then he finds out that his teen bride is cheating on him. Legitimately this time. It's believed so. Okay. Because by this time, Henry is uh, so, not well. Yeah. He um, he almost died in 1538. Yep. From He had ulcers on both of his legs. Oh. And these ulcers stunk. Yeah. Right. So, these ulcers, they figure, this is like, I guess, the going theory, is that maybe a blood clot kind of threw itself off of one of the ulcers yep. and got into his lungs because he was, like, almost to the point of suffocating many times throughout this, like, period where he almost died. Yep. Right? And... He would be, like, eyes bulging, trying to breathe Ooh. and stuff, right? But I don't know, I don't know, like, I don't know a lot about this kind of, medi like, medicine and back then, but he survived it and stuff. But Too by, stubborn to die. Yeah. But at this point, the young, handsome man was not young. He was not handsome. He had put on massive amounts of weight. He, like I said, had the ulcers on his legs, and he had other injuries as well. Right? Yeah, like the jou jousting injury you were talking about. I can imagine those scars probably have looked a lot better. Yeah, so he's not really probably appealing to somebody in their teens. Yep. Um, and he really liked Catherine Howard. Like, he had a special bed made for them and everything. But then he finds out he she's cheating. And, I mean, when you think about how just repulsive this guy must have looked and acted and, and smelt. And smelt. Like, one thing I was told as a teenager, especially by my mom, was that make sure you don't stink when you meet a girl. Yeah. And I don't know, remember if you remember our first date, but... You smelled nice. I tried to make sure I went, you know, I put on deodorant and everything and some aftershave and stuff and, like, made sure I, I smelled nice, but it wasn't, like... If you get too close to me, you're going to choke up on, like, how strong this is. Yeah. No, you smell nice. You smelled the appropriate amount of nice for our first meeting. Yeah. So, And I even remember a little... This is an interesting history fact. Uh, a lot of people will see movies or portraits of, like, women back in those days holding a handkerchief to their nose and everything. And that wasn't to, like, hide their faces or whatever. That was literally because of how the sewage system worked back in those days. Yeah. And how people... Because they didn't have you know, hot water and soap and perfumes and colognes, that it was actually to cover up the smell of how putrid some things could get. Yeah, well, you know why brides wear, or carry bouquets of flowers? Why is that? To cover their smell. Really? Because back in the day, they didn't shower often. Yeah. Right? There wasn't running water. Of course. And stuff, so you would maybe have a bath, most likely in cold dish water. Oh. Um, so your like absolute nightmare? Once a month. Twice a month, whenever you could kind of get water, right, to do that. So women, when they got married, to smell better for their husbands, would hold bouquet of flowers. A bouquet of flowers. At least that's what I've heard. So, yeah. So he, guess what he says when he finds out that Catherine is cheating on him? Um, I'm going to imagine it's something along the lines of, you bitch. <laughs> Close. Off with her head. Oh. He beheads her. 
like charges her with adultery and shit and beheads her. That's pretty harsh. I mean, <clears throat> I, I can imagine disowning her and <clears throat> publicly humiliating her, but full on beheading her. Yeah. I mean, and she's like, how old at this point? Not probably maybe not tw not even twenty yet. Let's say your best case scenario of nineteen when they got married. Yeah. Twenty one. And then beheaded. That is, that is so much life unlived. And a fun fact. <laughs> yeah. As fun as it can be, I guess, for the topic. She was a relative, although I don't know how much removed, of Anne Boleyn. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> now, refresh my memory. Anne Boleyn was... His second wife that got beheaded. Okay, so there's kind of like a, a family tradition of this almost. It, yeah. It, it, it's I guess a weird, could... not very great thing, but yeah. So then... Yeah. In... 1543. We took a little trip. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Song uh, reference. Sorry. Wrong. Wrong century. <laughs> yes. Wrong century. Wrong situation. Yes. But that was cute. Um, He marries Catherine Parr. Okay. And Catherine Parr. That's his sixth wife now. Yep. Okay. So, wow. We're up to six now. Yep. This guy has worse dating history than some of my uh, aunts and uncles. Mm-hmm. He, uh, yeah, he marries her now. She's older. She's closer to his age. Okay, so now he's actually starting to, you know, date in his uh, relatively not-so-creepy age range. Yeah. Um. He also, in 1544, so a year after he marries her. Yeah. He actually goes out on one of these, like, going to the French territory, invading kind of things, right? So he's stirring up some shit. Yeah. But all his advisors were like, Sire, don't do this. You are not the healthy young virile man you were, right, back when you first became king and you invaded France and, like, the Battle of the Spurs and whatever. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, I'm going. And it actually improves his mood. Right. Yeah. Some guys like uh, fishing. Some guys like fighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then he comes back and he's just like, this is horrible. Everything that we did was undone as soon as I left. Like, these guys are idiots. Meanwhile, his, his, his people, his subjects are like, can this guy die already? We hate him. <laughs> right. So he's losing the popular vote is what you're saying. He's been losing it for a while, especially because he's just executing so many people and stuff, right? So, in the last year of his life, right? Yep. Which would have been, like, 1546-ish. Yep. Well, 1546, actually. He is basically an invalid. Now, okay, uh, clarify. What does that mean, invalid? An invalid is basically someone who doesn't really get out of bed, right? Oh. Or like, he's just, he's not able to move. The ulcers on his legs are so bad. He stinks. They are bringing things into his room to try and, like, cover the smell. Um, they have brought in, like, um, a pissing pot for him to actually go to the bathroom in. Yeah. Right. So, like, yeah, of course, nowadays having, like, a bedpan 
like for people right. who are in casts or whatever or have certain situations where they can't get out of bed, I know that's a common thing and nurses come in. This guy, of course, being the king, you know, he's getting that treatment when back in those days, you know, let's just say they weren't so fortunate. Yeah, and stuff. So he's really, not, his health is not doing well. Yeah, I can imagine with all the everything going on and all the bed sores, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, sorry, I just uh, lost my train of thought here for a second, but... Um, okay, so obviously, you know, bringing in the stuff into the room to make it not smell so putrid and everything. Yeah. Um, so, when he was getting close to his deathbed, though, did he ever, like, legitimize his the daughters that he had? Because, I mean... He must have, at some point, because he had admitted to one illegitimate child from one of his mistresses although there were it's up for debate but there was suspected there was probably more illegitimate children yeah but he actually said that his son henry fitzroy yep who was born in 1519 was his son but he was illegitimate so he could never take the throne right yeah. so he must have re-legitimized mary and elizabeth because they took the throne Right. Okay, so obviously like, it's not sure when it happened, but obviously it had to have happened or else they couldn't have taken the throne. Yeah, I can't remember exactly when he did it, but he, yeah. So, he, like I said, um, yeah, his like, subjects wished that he was dead and they got their wish. Yeah, no one lives forever. <laughs> yeah, well they got their wish on January 28th of 1547. Henry died. Yeah. Well, and I mean, <clears throat> as much as like that sounds like, I mean, he didn't live that long of a life, I'm guessing for back in those days, and especially with how people felt about him, it was probably too long. Ah, uh, yeah. It was definitely, I mean, yeah. And stuff. So, the thing is, is that when he died, yeah. he may have had type 2 diabetes for the amount that he weighed. And how much did he weigh? He weighed 178 kilograms. Okay, uh, that's actually a really astonishing weight because I know myself I'm around like the 90-something kilogram weight and I'm not that heavy of a guy. Yeah. So, 178. Yeah. So, just for reference for people who don't understand the, the metric system, in Imperial or English or however, whatever it's called, uh, freedom, if you're from the States, the freedom measurements, it's 392 pounds. Yeah, so he, he was, was a big almost boy. 400 pounds, which is really sad because he was known as, like in his younger days, as one of the most handsome princes, right, in the world. Yeah. And one of the most handsome kings and stuff. <clears throat> but, so he may have had type 2 diabetes, but he also maybe had something called Cushing syndrome. And what is that? Do you know? Yeah, so it's something that causes an increased weight to the torso and neck. Yep. Uh, it weakens the bones and okay. it, too, can cause diabetes. But the thing is, is he was they've never, like, taken his remains and tested them, so it's not 100% sure known. More speculation. Yeah, but definitely all the injuries he had in his life, um... All the diseases and stuff. Yeah, right. Like, at one point he caught malaria. At one point... But he survived. At one point he, uh... Smallpox. Had smallpox, didn't he? Yeah. He had smallpox and he survived, right? Like, 
I mean, he ha his body was ravaged by the time he died. So, yeah. It's uh, not the years, it's the mileage. Exactly. And I so mean... then, after he dies, guess who takes over? Who becomes the next monarch? Uh, I don't know, but I have a feeling you do. Yes. It's Edward IV. Oh, okay. Yes. And we'll talk more about that because obviously we already know... Elizabeth and Mary end up becoming queens and stuff, but we'll do that in another episode because this one was devoted strictly to King Henry. The yeah, and that's actually there's a lot of interesting stuff in there that I didn't know about, and yeah, just that was actually quite insightful and really makes me kind of appreciate being part of a democracy where someone can't just you know be a complete dickhead for all of their rule and uh, you know do these things that are so horrible. Yeah. But, hey, you know, that's the thing. Anyone who doesn't learn from history is doomed to repeat it, right? Exactly. So, yeah, uh, that wraps it up for King Henry VIII. Awesome. Well, thank you so much to our listeners. We absolutely appreciate you. Yeah, and we hope to do many more episodes and enlighten everybody on a lot of the stuff that we find very interesting. You bet. So, just remember, everybody, no matter what your thing is or what you're into, at the end of the day... We're all just a little nerdy.